ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. Before I get started with the show, there's a correction that needs to be made. Last week, I mistakenly reported that Bob Dunn won the Thursday Night Echoes of the Past event. That was incorrect. And that's an error 100% on me. This wasn't meant as a slight toward anyone. I just read it wrong. The winner going undefeated on the night was Drew Madsen. Drew Madsen took El Scorpio undefeated through the winner's bracket, faced Bob Dunn, who came out of the loser's bracket, and from what I understand, beat Bob Dunn, stayed undefeated on the night, won the whole event. So congratulations to the TVA commissioner. I apologize for reporting that incorrectly. Now, this did spark a discussion about the quality of the podcast, that Super Show deserves a better podcast. And I agree. I try to put on the best podcast that I can. But I recognize that somebody else may do this better. I've had a co-host in the past. I've had guest hosts before. And if replacing the host is the best way to produce the best podcast, I'm up for it. So, if you would be interested in coming on, being a co-host, being a host, I'm willing to step back and do more of a producer role. Let me know. You can reach out to me through Facebook Messenger. You can email the show, outlawmudcast at gmail.com. I am open to suggestions. There are things I have definitely changed about the show. There are segments I used to do I liked doing that people said they didn't like, so they're not on the show anymore. I'm open to your feedback. That being said, the big story for this week, Southern Fried Gaming Expo in Atlanta, Georgia. It's going on right now. So I will give you as much as I have, and then I will more than likely tack on the final results at the end of the show. Because as I'm recording this, the singles tournament for Sunday is still happening. I'm going to go through the events Friday, Saturday, Sunday, talk about the featured matches that I'm aware of, talk about the events. If I missed anything, I apologize. I tried to watch as much as possible to see everything I could see that was being streamed, to read every post. So hopefully I did not miss anything. And I'm going to go through this in no particular order. Other than to say I will do Friday stuff first, Saturday stuff second, Sunday stuff third. Also, I'll bring this up too. We had two competitors released this week, both at supershowthegame.com and at Southern Fried Gaming Expo. Those two competitors are Drew Madsen, the TVA commissioner, and The End, created by John Mathis, former LFF Underworld Champion. We also had the last three Guitar Series cards come out, including the Guitar Finish. Those are available on the website. There's also a version available at the convention with the convention logo on it. There's also a convention-only exclusive competitor, Daisy Rider, with the convention logo on it, on sale at the convention. I've also heard 
I only have one source for this, that the promo from Southeast Game Exchange, 8-Bit Eric, is for sale at Southern Fried Gaming Expo. No idea if it's the con-exclusive logoed version, a non-logoed version. Don't know if it has finishes with it or not. I just have one source telling me that they're selling it at the booth. This is essentially unconfirmed with only one source. I did want to pass that on because it is newsworthy. The Marauders of the Universe box sets also made their debut at Southern Fried Gaming Expo. Those sets had been available, but just plastic wrapped. That's what I have about releases. Let's talk about Southern Friday Gaming Expo tournaments and events. I'll start Friday. Friday night, they had the tag team tournament. It was a double elimination tournament. 14 teams in the tournament. The two teams that met in the finals of the winner's bracket were the Transatlantic Express and the Blaze Brothers. The Transatlantic Express end up winning that, so they win the winner's bracket. The Blaze Brothers enter the loser's bracket. And they manage to get back to the finals. So Transatlantic Express versus Blaze Brothers. Transatlantic Express, the team of Practicite and Hold the Line Harry, playing Johan Sibelius and Master Dosmodius. I'm not sure who played who. The Blaze Brothers are the team of Simple Chuck and Zach Ashley playing Jay White and AJ Styles. Don't know who played who. They square off in the finals. Blaze Brothers must win two to win the event. The first match is won by the Blaze Brothers, so it goes to sudden death. The winner of this match wins the whole tournament. And the winner who wins by stopping an unstoppable finish and then revealing throws in the towel, is the Blaze Brothers. Congratulations to them for winning this tournament. Saturday, there's a negotiation. They are named a future contender for the Deep South Tag Team Championship. So congratulations to them for that achievement. Featured matches from Friday. We'll start with the LFF Trios Championship. There were two championship matches for this belt scheduled. This is the first. The champion, Simple Chuck, playing as the higher class. The challenger, everyone's enemy, Joel Williams, playing as the newest version of the Coven. In a match that only goes to crowd meter zero, and I think, going from memory, it was relatively short. The winner and still champion, Simple Chuck, congratulations. For a successful defense. The next championship match Friday for the Deep South Championship. The champion, C-Mac, formerly known as Prince Butters, playing as Unicorn Princess. The challenger, Possum Kang, playing as Najamai. Standard singles match, it goes to crowd meter one. The winner, still champion, C-Mac. Congratulations to C-Mac for winning Friday. Saturday. One event and some featured matches. Let's start with the sealed event. 16-player sealed event in pots. It looks like from what I saw people playing in the bracket, they were either able to buy a pack of the Cosmic Crusaders and play that, or a pack of the Marauders of the Multiverse. These are the box sets I spoke of earlier that debuted at Southern Friday Gaming Expo in boxes. Marauders of the Multiverse had been out before. 
and I think I said universe earlier, Marauders of the Multiverse. Those were the two box sets that could be purchased and played in this tournament. If there were others, I'm not aware of that. I'm just saying these two because every competitor from what I saw was from either one of those two lines, either from the Cosmic Crusader line or the Marauders of the Multiverse line. All right, 16 players, group stages, four groups, four players per group. Each player plays the other three in the group. Top two per group advance to the top cut. Your semifinalists in this tournament were everyone's enemy, Joel Williams, and a new player, Chip. Joel Williams was Pang. Chip was Shui. The finalists were Primetime Chris Brimer as Shui and Rambo Apocalypse as Neptune with the winner, Primetime as Shui. Congratulations to Primetime for winning the Saturday event, the first Saturday event. Then let's talk about featured matches. First featured match I have, the Deep South Tag Team Championship on the line. The champions, the team of the light. Leo, a.k.a. the light, playing as Leo the Law. Ms. Southern Bell, playing as Ms. Southern Bell. Your challengers, B-T-E. Titan, playing as Rob Van Dam. And Primetime, playing as Sabu. This match goes to crowd meter zero. The winners, rolling an 11 at crowd meter zero. And having a card in play to prevent save rolls, BTE. They are the new Deep South Tag Team Champions. Congratulations to them for that victory. Next championship, the Deep Six Championship. This is the six-stop deck championship. The champion, Hold the Line Harry, playing as the new version of Mila Mai. The challenger, playing as himself, the Lucha Maniacal Uberstar in a main event stipulation match that goes all the way to crowd meter five. The story of this match for most of the match was the Uberstar kept hitting finishes but rolling low and Hold the Line Harry able to break out. At crowd meter five, Hold the Line Harry hits a finish. I believe the total of the finish roll was a 14 at crowd meter five. The only way the Uberstar could break out is if he rolled his 10 skill, his highest skill, on his third breakout roll, he does. So the match continues. Uberstar able to hit a finish this time. I believe it's an 11. He actually rolls what most people would consider a kill shot. Hold the line. Harry must roll his highest skill on the third breakout roll. He doesn't. The winner and new Deep Six champion, the Lucha Maniacal Uberstar. Congratulations to the Uberstar for the victory. Border Wars. Four teams in Border Wars. The first matchup is the Alabama team, the TVA team, versus the FCW Florida Cardboard Wrestling team. Here's the way Border Wars works. Each team has seven members. Everyone on the team must play a competitor that has a different printed 10 skill. So only one player with a power of 10, only one with a technique, so on and so forth, with the exception of the captain. Because obviously with seven people, you can't have seven different competitors with unique 10 skills. There must be one duplicated. The captain can duplicate. T50 is an effect for the entire team. 
the team can only run one competitor on the T50 list. The captains seed their teams and the seeding is unknown. So, for example, the Alabama captain would say, okay, your player one, your player two, your player three. The opposite team, the opposing team does the same thing. And then the pairings are essentially blind. This is for the singles portion because there's a singles portion and a tag team portion in each match. The singles portion then starts. 30-minute time limit. If you lose, you're eliminated from the tag team portion for this round. If a match is not finished at the end of the time limit, and these are 30-minute timed rounds, both players are eliminated from the tag team round. When the tag match starts, if one team has less players than the other team, the team with less players draws a card for each person they're less than. So if one team has a three-man advantage, other team draws three cards. During a tag match, you can only double-team with players to your left or your right. Now, if three people in a row would double-team, they will double-team. If a tag team has more than two players, if a player protects another or saves another, the person that protected or saves is eliminated. And then all of the tag team matches are elimination style until one team is completely eliminated. So first match, Alabama versus FCW in the singles portion. Alabama wins five of the seven. So in the tag match, the five winners for Alabama face the two winners for Florida. I was not able to watch this streamed, but from what I understand, the Alabama team dominated this match, although FCW was able to get one elimination. It ends 4-0 Alabama. The next match is ACCW versus Bell's Mercenary Team. Bell's team ends up winning 4-3. However, it turns out that ACCW had used two competitors on the T50 list. And so Bell was able to bring back an eliminated player. So it ends up being a 5-3 tag match. And Bell's team eliminates every team player from ACCW. It ends five players for Bell, zero for ACCW. So Alabama and Bell's mercenary team will meet in the final match of Border. Before that happens, we have a couple more featured matches. First, the Deep South Championship on the line for a second time. This time, challenging C-Mac is the corrugated cardboard villain. He's using the newest version of EC3 to take on Unicorn Princess. This match ends up going to Crowdmeter 2, and with, I believe, a finish roll of 10 at Crowdmeter 2, the winner, new champion, the corrugated cardboard villain. Congratulations! To him for becoming champion. Hats off to C-Mac for a great run as champion. And then the last featured match Saturday before Border Wars. The Hollywood Heavyweight Championship. I knew that the contenders going in were either going to be Rowdy Ron or Titan. I don't know what happened. But Rowdy Ron ends up being the contender in this match. Rowdy Ron is the original Zack Sabre Jr. 
versus Rambo Apocalypse, the champion, as the original EC3. They square off in a steel cage match. The cage match only goes to Crowd Meter Zero. The winner at Crowd Meter Zero, still champion Rambo Apocalypse. Congratulations to him for that win. Afterwards, Titan basically chokes out Rambo Apocalypse, demands his shot at the belt. Will he get that shot? We'll have to see what happens. And now we have the Border Wars finale. Alabama team versus the Bell team in a singles action. Alabama wins three matches. Bell's team wins three matches. The last match goes to time. So both men eliminated. Three on three match. No card advantage. Alabama gets the first elimination. They go up 3-2. They get the second elimination, go up 3-1. And they end up sweeping Bell's mercenary team. Alabama wins Border Wars in their debut in Border Wars. Congratulations to Alabama for that win. This brings us to Sunday. Only one featured match that I saw for Sunday so far. The LFF Trios Championship defended for the second time. This time the challenger, representing just business, Chris Pate playing as the line. The champion, still Simple Chuck, representing the Constellation, playing as the higher class. This match I know went to at least crowd meter two. The winner rolling a 30, so the opponent could not break out because with the crowd meter it was greater than 30. Still champion. Simple Chuck. Congratulations to Simple Chuck for successfully defending twice this weekend. Then the singles tournament starts. Four timed Swiss rounds. After the four timed Swiss rounds, there is one undefeated player, C-Mac, playing as Candice LeRae. There are six three-and-ones. Drew Madsen as El Scorpio. Simple Chuck as AJ Styles. Chris Pate as the leader of the Postal Nation. Johnny Korea as the magnificent Mr. Ray. Bob Dunn as Velvet Assassin. And Piglet as himself. As a result of a little bit of GM's question time, similar to story time from Glace, hold the line Harry the GM here. C-Mac takes the deal. He gets a bye, but he'll get a negative stipulation in the semifinal round. Chris Pate faces Drew Madsen in a ladder match. Simple Chuck faces Johnny Korea in a tables match. Bob Dunn faces Piglet in a main event stipulation match. As of the time I'm recording, that is the most recent news out of Southern Friday Gaming Expo. I'll give you more as I get it. That's what I have, though, for Southern Friday Gaming Expo. Next week, August 3rd through August 6th, Gen Con in Indianapolis, Indiana. Let me do a quick rundown for Gen Con. For the events, outside of the Learn to Play Super Show events, we have Thursday night, the Cookies Fortune Tournament. The winner of that will face Bob Dunn. The winner of that match will be the new holder of the Cookies Fortune. Friday, the Tag Team Championship, Friday night. Also Friday, Loudmouth Leo Larynx hosting a stipulation-only double elimination tournament. Saturday, 10 a.m., Grand Battle Match. Saturday afternoon, the Play Pure Championship Tournament. 
Saturday evening, the singles championship tournament. Sunday, the tornado slash trios tournament. You can either play as a tornado tag team or a trio, and then you'll essentially go through whatever tournament you want to do. Both tournaments will run simultaneously. You can only choose to be in one. That's what's going on at Gen Con. Game-wise. Product-wise, the microphone cards will make their debut at Gen Con. I'm assuming those will be the daily promos, and they'll also eventually go on sale. The logoed version's there, and then probably non-logoed versions on Supershowthegame.com. You can pick up a set of last year's Gen Con promos. There will be some con-exclusive competitors there. There will be a Super Show the Game app art versions of Lexi the Punk Rock Pixie and Papa Wheelie. They'll have new finishers, but the logos will be compatible with the previous versions so you can mix and match like they've done with the old school line, like they've done with, or like they're going to do with the new Polly Pacone. I'll talk about that later. There's going to be a playmat, a limited edition playmat. It's never been sold online with a bundle. And there's also going to be a flip version of the plant-based bruiser. This will be con-exclusive. It will likely not be reprinted as a non-flip. Sometimes flips get reprinted as non-flips. Don't expect this one to. That's what I have for Gen Con. I will be there covering it as best I can. I'll do my best to give you some coverage. Also, one other bit of Gen Con news I forgot to mention. I had talked about previously, Brian Waitford-Schmidt will get a shot at the LFF World Heavyweight Championship, currently held by the Grump. He gets the first shot. Bob Dunn gets the second shot, also at Gen Con. Brian Schmidt revealed in a promo with the competitor's creator that he'll be playing Mr. Poppin' Twist against the Grump at Gen Con. That's what I have for Gen Con news. If any pops up between now and the start of Gen Con, unfortunately, I won't be able to give that to you. I'll have to talk about that on the next show, which, as a reminder, because I will be at Gen Con and I'll be traveling after Gen Con, the show will almost certainly not come out Sunday night like it usually does. I will try to get that out Monday as soon as possible, but the show will be delayed because of Gen Con travel. I apologize for that. I'll do my best to get it out as soon as I can. That's what I have for Gen Con as far as conventions after that. We know about Dragon Con in Atlanta, Labor Day weekend. That's really what we know going forward, officially confirmed. There may be some other things coming down the pike. They mentioned Sin City Con. They mentioned a convention, I believe, in Louisville. More details on that as things go on. Right now, though, the only thing super confirmed, if that's a way to say it, Dragon Con Labor Day weekend. Other stories from this week. There's been a revamp to Supershowthegame.com. They've kind of done an upgrade to it. They've made a shop section and a card database section. If you look at cards in the card section, it'll just show things that are in stock, things that you can buy. But then you'll also be able to see things that are out of stock, out of print, also on the website. There's a search function, but the search function is looking for that word only. So, for example, 
And I talked about this last week. If you want to search for keywords, it's not going to work like you'd want it to work. So, for example, if you had a keyword of kick, you wanted to find cards with kick, you type kick in the search bar, it's only going to bring you kicks. Anything with drop kick is not going to show up in the search. It's only going to return exact matches. So, srgpc.net, if you're going to want to do it like a keyword search, that's where you'd want to go. And then take the information you get there, put it back on supershowthegame.com if you want to buy the cards you've searched for from SRG Universe. They've added a community spotlight section. They did a write-up on there from the Be a Hero Lincolnton Comic Con from last weekend. And it looks like they're going to try to use that to promote more local play. They have also, in this revamp, put some emphasis on the deck builder portion of supershowthegame.com. You will need to sign into your account to use the deck builder, but you can put in your competitor. There's drop-down menus for every card 1 through 27. There's also drop-down menus for the finishes, either the generic finishes, or you can use the competitor finish for your own competitor. So like if you were going to play Snake Pit and you want to use Snake Bite, you can't pick Snake Bite in the finishers. You would just basically put the competitor finish option. When you're done, there's a button you can click. It will email the deck list to the email associated with your account. That is why you have to sign in to your account to use the deck builder. Apparently there is also, and this is again preliminary, Something in the works between SRG Universe and a third party for deck builder and tournament functionality. So we may see something with that coming in the future. Nothing specific yet, though. And then related to this, because this was all discussed on Talk of the Universe, related to this, there's also going to be, as part of that community spotlight, a focus on getting new players. At these conventions, there are going to be new player tournaments, new player events, sometimes mass demos, group demos. The new player winners of these will get a championship ring. That's all we know. They'll be getting a physical championship ring for winning these new player events. That's the website news I have. Kickstarter news. There's going to be a comic book Kickstarter coming for Super Show the Comic issue number six. It looks like this will be happening in September, around September. The possible pledge tiers so far are a digital download only tier, a tier with the physical copy, a Super Show swag only tier. This tier would include a brand new card number 22 and a new competitor set that I mentioned briefly. Polly the Pigeon Pacone will be getting a new competitor, new gimmick, new finishes, same logo. So you can mix and match the finishes between both versions of Polly the Pigeon Pacone. That's the way I understand it. And then finally, there will be a tier with both the book and the Super Show swag. That tier, the possible all-in tier, may be around $30. They're looking at a pledge tier goal 
for the campaign of around $4,000. There will be stretch goals more than likely. No news on that. I'll give you that as we get closer, as that comes out. There will be a tier to get drawn into issue six. There will be half page and full page spotlights. If you buy the half page or full page spotlight, that art they use for that may be used for a future alt art competitor, for a future finish for a competitor. We'll have to see. You can also more than likely be able to add past books, past digital downloads with this particular Kickstarter campaign. Again, looking for that in September. Also, when they discussed this around the same time, they talked about other cons. They may be going to comic conventions, and they may have certain guests from overseas joining them. So possibly Kieran Squires. Don't know. We'll find out. But they're looking at going to some comic conventions with Super Show the Comic. CCC News. The first match for round two, which had been rescheduled to this weekend, has been rescheduled again. Date and time unknown. All we know is that the first match will happen at some point after Gen Con, which means it'll be about four weeks from the time they announced who the teams were in round two, minimum, before the first match starts. I've talked about the delays before. I don't like the delays. I think it kills the momentum of the contest. I saw some comments from the SRG boss. This is good. This helps teams better coordinate. I disagree. How can you coordinate when you don't know when anything's going to happen? As of right now, we have no idea when the first match is going to take place. It might be the weekend after. It might be August 11th. But we don't know that. Could be two weeks. Could be three weeks. And then I believe four weeks after Gen Con is Dragon Con. So that could cause a further delay. I'm not happy that seven months have gone by in the year. We've done six matches. We've had 18 days of matches at the end of July with 212 days having gone by in the year. I feel like we should be getting more of this done. Again, when it comes to the length of the contest, long isn't intrinsically good. If it's long because of good content, that's good. If it's long because of unexpected, unannounced, indefinite delays, that's not good to me. So keep on the lookout for the first match of round two of the CCC. Captain Kiddo and Moxie versus Rowdy Ron and the Tartan Terror. I'll give you information on that match when I have it. It is the tag team round. 2023 Super Show Cup news. We have reached the semifinal round of the Super Show Cup. The two semifinal matchups are Rowdy Ron versus Mitchell Manja and Big Match Pete versus Zach Ashley. This will be a best of three series. The stipulation in the third match, if necessary, will be a ladder match. Now, the finals are supposed to be happening at Gen Con. I don't know if all four of these men will be at Gen Con. I don't know if the two winners 
will be at Gen Con. It is cutting it close for a Gen Con final. But we may see a Gen Con final for the Cup. That's what was announced. We'll have to see how that takes shape. But congratulations to these four men for making the semifinal round of the 2023 Super Show Cup. One last bit of news about Southern Friday Gaming Expo before I go into featured matches and the online tournaments. I did get a little bit of an update. There were 22 players in the singles tournament today, Sunday. Didn't have that number before. I have that number now. Still in the opening round of the top cut from what I saw. There was one featured match besides what's going to be on Sunday Night Fights, which I will tack on to the end of the show. I've talked in past weeks about the LFF Tri-State Championship being defended in a gauntlet match where the champion would take on four competitors and we could see the championship change hands multiple times. I figured all four of these matches would take place at the same time, one right after another. That's not the case. We had the first match already happen. Brian Schmidt, who was one of the four possible contenders named, decided instead of being randomly chosen for the gauntlet, he volunteered to go first. And so he gets the first match for the championship. He brings the new version of Hollywood against the champion, Press 1P, still champion with Alien Invader, the newest version of Alien Invader. New York Rules match. Starts at crowd meter one, and it ends at crowd meter one with the winner, still champion, Press 1P. So Press 1P faces his first gauntlet opponent, wins. He has three more possibly to face. I don't know when those will happen, but one match of the four in the gauntlet is done. Now let's talk about tournaments from this past week. Just two online. Monday, we have a six-stop tournament. Everyone is using a deck that has no more than six-stop cards in it. Eleven players in this tournament. One group of six players, one group of five. Each person plays the other members of the group. Top two records per group go to the top cut. Semi-final round is New York Rules. Finals round is main event. Top four are... In fourth place, playing as Wrighton, the man behind Wrighton, Ryan Pierce. In third place, playing as Bandersnatch, Cheshire. Their finalists were Cheetah, playing as AJ Styles, and Chris Pate, playing as Wrighton also, with the winner, Chris Pate, as Wrighton. This brought up a question about Wrighton. Going from memory, Wrighton's gimmick is, during your turn, you may discard a card you have in play, and you may play an additional card that's the same card type and match type as what you discarded. Now, it was thought during this tournament you could float when you play the additional card. So, for example, with Wrighton, Wrighton's Strike Finish is a follow-up if you use your gimmick. What was going on in this match was Chris Pate would discard a follow-up strike from in play. He'd play a card like Split Finger Lock that would allow him to go grab a follow-up from discard. He would then play 
the follow-up finish strike that he would grab out of the discard as the additional card because it matches the follow-up strike that was discarded. Apparently, the intention was not to allow you to float the additional card, that you basically, when you do your gimmick, you must immediately play the card that you're getting to play from the gimmick. You can't do the gimmick, do other things, and then play the card. Now, I would have ruled you could, because most other effects that allow you to play an additional card don't require you to play the additional card immediately, from what I understand. Things like Merlin von Berlin's gimmick, Theo the Greek Neo's gimmick, Call to the Crowd, all of those, you can do the thing that triggers you to play the additional card, that allows you to play an additional card, and then you could spectacle, you could gimmick, you could entrance, you could do other things before you actually play the additional card. So I am not surprised that it was played that way, but apparently the intention is if you discard the card via your gimmick and you decide to play an additional card, you must do so immediately. And then the other tournament from this week online, the Thursday Birthday Fights Tournament, paying homage to last year's Gen Con Singles Tournament winner, Yasmin. 16 players in this tournament, four groups, four players per group. Top two records per group advance to the top cut. Ring of Fire in the quarterfinals. Main event stipulation in the semifinals. The finals match and third place match have a special guest referee of Run Time Terror, the competitor created by Yasmin. Top four were in fourth place, playing as Theo, the Greek Neo, Yasmin herself. In third place, playing as the Drunken Master slash Zen Master, Loudmouth Leo Lyrics. Your finalists were Trey Cantrell, playing as Madman Fulton, and Ryan Pierce, playing as the newest version of D2, with your winner, Ryan Pierce, as D2. Congratulations to him for winning Chibi's Thursday Birthday Fights. I have also just now received the results of the singles tournament at Southern Fried Gaming Expo. I don't have the semifinal results, but the finalists were C-Mac as Candice LeRae, the only undefeated, against Simple Chuck as AJ Styles. This match went, and I'm not sure if it went to Crowd Meter 1 or Crowd Meter 2. I thought I heard them say Crowd Meter 2 during the match, and then I thought I heard them say Crowd Meter 1 at the end of the match. Either way, it was greater than Crowd Meter Zero, singles match, and hitting the finish, rolling his printed 10, so it was a kill shot. C-Mac. C-Mac goes undefeated through the tournament and wins the whole thing. Congratulations to him for winning this tournament. And that will do it for coverage for Southern Fried Gaming Expo. This brings us to Sunday Night Fights. One match on Sunday Night Fights for the LFF Tag Team Championship. The champions, the team of Double the Fun, Matt Nealon playing as Matt Nealon, Fun Time Bob playing as Fun Time Bob, the challengers, 
effing business. The tag team of Mark Effin Perry and Press One P. Mark Effin Perry playing as Trent, Press One P playing as the mayor of Slamtown, Johnny Super Show. This match goes to Crowd Meter 2. The story of this match to me disqualification cards. The champions played a lot of disqualification cards. Championships cannot change hands on a disqualification. So, if those cards are stopped, unless something happens to prevent a disqualification, while F and Business would win, Double the Fun would retain the championship. Double the Fun used disqualification cards to great advantage. And at Crowd Meter 2, they hit the finish. Roll greater than 10. There must be a save roll. For effing business to break out. They can't make the save roll. And so Double the Fun remains the LFF Tag Team Champions. Congratulations to them. Although not necessarily the most sporting defense. And that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. I expect we'll see a tournament on Monday night online. I expect we'll see something Thursday. And then, of course, Gen Con this weekend, August 3rd through August 6th. I hope to see you there, and I'll be bringing you coverage on next week's show. With that being said, I would like to thank all of you for listening, and a good day.